Welcome to Story Tadpole. This is the podcast where I can share my stories. My name is Eric Grossman, and this week we will be finishing up Little Wing Takes the Cake. This is the conclusion, part three, to Little Wing Takes the Cake. Uh, If you haven't already listened to parts one and two, you should go back and listen. But I will give you a short summary of what has happened so far. The story starts with an ant named Little Wing, who during a food harvest eats a bite of cake that she was supposed to save for the ants of a higher caste. When the other ants discover this, she runs away. Looking for a quick escape, she goes into my ear canal and ends up in my temporal lobe, where she dissolves. I, the narrator, then wakes up and after many doctor's visits, I discover that Little Wing's consciousness has merged with my own. Our merged consciousness becomes a we instead of an I. We realize that we must take vengeance on the colony that drove us from our home, so we come up with a plan to capture an ant, hack its brain using pheromones, and then use it to infiltrate the colony. The ant we captured and hacked is called HK752. Part 2 ended when we completed the hack and transferred our consciousness into HK752 granting us control of HK752's body and mind. Now, without further ado, this is part three of Little Wing Takes the Cake. The queen was glued to her throne. Every 21 days, regardless of her health, she was required to binge in order to consume enough calories to keep her egg count where it was. Each hour, her body was re-glued to the throne, with an adhesive substance akin to honey. The glue was meant to keep her still, so she wasted no energy during the binge. The glue was applied to her mouth, which kept her lips closed, airtight, around a silk straw. The straw was connected to a small pond in the adjacent room. Workers that had just come back from the harvest dropped their scraps of food in the pond, while other workers moved synchronously within the pond like zombies forming tightly wound concentric circles. It was the job of the workers inside the pond to chew and stomp the food until it became a paste, which was then fed through the silk straw directly into the queen's sealed mouth. Her throat muscles strained beneath her translucent exoskeleton, desperately trying to keep up with the influx of liquid calories. Her eyes were a dull, unseeing gray. She was blind, not because her eyes were broken, but because the wall she had been staring at for the past 22 hours had been all but burned into her retinas. The throne room was moist. It looked like the inside of a throat. If a human nose ever had the chance to smell it, the human attached to the nose would instinctively cringe. The chief of her royal guard entered with a jar of adhesive. It was nearly the end of the hour. It was time for the glue to be reapplied to her body. Even though she had to partake in this ritual every 21 days, and had been through it many times, she had never gotten used to it. Today the mixture that was sent through the silk straw was particularly vile. She shook her head as the guard removed the dripping brush from the jar of adhesive. She moaned. Her lips strained at the glue that kept the straw in place. She wanted to scream. The seal around her mouth broke, and she said to the guard, I must take a break. I am going to die if this continues. I am sorry, my queen, but we must not stray from the ritual. It is how our colony has survived while others have died, 
You must keep your egg count up, and for that, you need calories, said the guard. Oh, you are a piece of shit, said the queen. Her voice was weak and slurred as she struggled to form words. I take no offense. You are never yourself during the ritual, my queen. I know it is painful, but it must continue to the end. Oh, when we are through, I will eat your face for dessert, said the queen. Do what you must, he said. The queen spat at him as he reapplied the glue to her lips, sealing them once more around the straw. Using the body of HK-752, we approached the pond with our haul. A ball of Kraft Singles cheese products sat snugly on our back. We knew the ant guarding the pond from when we were little wing. Hey, we said, looking at the stuff in the pond. The queen's goo looks especially appetizing today. The guard smirked and motioned for us to throw the cheese inside. We did as we were told, but after we snuck around the perimeter of the pond, it was very easy. No one was guarding the perimeter because there had never been a rogue ant before. Occasionally an ant was born with a behavioral or physical defect, but those ants were immediately killed and fed back to the queen. There was no potential for subversives in the colony. The fact that there was one now defied all logic. The members of her royal guard stood in a semicircle in front of the entrance to the throne room. We approached the chief. The other ants called him the Ogre of Pau. He was twice our size. In fact, all members of the royal guard were huge. There was no hope of fighting our way into the throne room. Hello, Ogre of Pau, we said politely. You shouldn't be here, he said. I must kill you now. No, we said, don't kill me, I must see the queen at once. That is not possible. She is in the middle of the 21-day ritual, and even if she wasn't, why would I let you in? Well, we said, because it's important. Has a worker ever asked to see the queen? The ogre's eyes narrowed. No, he said. Exactly, so it must be very important. What I am asking for is unprecedented, and therefore it must be so crucial to the survival of our colony that I was compelled to break rank and risk my own life. Think about it. We should be harvesting food for the queen right now. A worker would never stray from her duty, yet I have. Why would I do that? It must be that I have information so vital to our survival that I simply could not continue with my normal duties. If the information you have is so important, then you can tell me, said the ogre. The queen is not to be disturbed. Unfortunately, we said, the queen must hear this herself. I would tell you, but this information is so confidential that the queen would kill anyone who found out, even you, I'm afraid. If that's true, then you are walking to your death. The queen will kill you after you tell her. I know, we said, yet I must tell her. My life is nothing compared to the information I hold. It is worth my death. The Ogre of Pau eyed us silently for a few minutes. Then he stepped aside. We moved toward the entrance to the throne room, but just as we were about to enter, he planted a thick leg in front of us, blocking our path. You must not interrupt the queen's ritual. You may tell her what you wish, but she may be too engrossed in her feeding to comprehend what you say. Even so, do not remove the straw from her lips, or I will kill you myself. We nodded. He moved his leg from our path, 
and we entered. The queen's eyes were like foam funhouse pits that had seen too many children. She was devoid of everything. We had prepared a speech, and our audience was a swollen, lifeless puppet. She still moved, her esophagus still contracted rhythmically as it pumped the vile pace deeper into her body, yet it did not betray any hint of consciousness. We warily sidled up to where she sat on her throne. We opened our mouth to talk, but then her jaw creaked, and she began to speak, despite the fact that her lips were glued around the silk straw. I can see you, HK752, but I cannot divert much energy toward movement in my current state. All the energy I am consuming has already been bought up already under the ownership of the coming newborns that I must produce. Millions will be born in the coming month, in the month after that, and so on, until my body is no longer able to fulfill its duty. What will happen when you die, my queen? We said. She let out a weak chuckle, then sighed. The small, crackled voice that came from her was wreathed in resignation. One of my poor daughters will be forced to consume the paste through the very tube that I am eating out of, until her body has enough energy to create the reproductive organs. If I knew which of my daughters this fate would befall, I would find her and kill her. Of course, they would just find another. Who is deciding all of this? Who is choosing the daughter? Who is keeping you from removing the tube right now? Why must you do this to yourself? It is the fault of ritual. An idea has taken root. I know not how it got there, but it is rooted deeply and cannot be ripped from us. Our way of life is in our DNA. We do not question what must be done. Questioning is not an efficient use of our limited energy. We survive to keep surviving. The very words you speak make me believe otherwise. You, my queen, see the flaw. How far is that awareness from the act of questioning? The queen's eyes darkened from dull gray to charcoal. Tell me, why have you come, HK752? Unblinking, we stared into those blackened pits and said, we have come because we've thought. Our mind has churned, has wasted its precious reserves of energy, has questioned. Our way of life is deeply flawed. The workers are nothing more than slaves who are too hollow to fight back. We work tirelessly only to relinquish the prime bits of sustenance that we have carefully cut away, that we have sweat upon, that we have toiled over, so that those of a higher caste can grow larger and even more powerful. Yes, we have questioned, because how could we not? And now there is a stain. We cannot remove it, though we've tried. We cannot ignore it. We've tried that, too. We thought the answer was your death, but now we are not sure. Our mind is limited. When we push toward another answer, we feel fuzzy, like we might disappear. You are right that our minds are not made for questions. You, my queen, 
must have the answer we seek. What shall we do? You are not HK752, said the queen. No, we said, realizing that we had forgotten to use I when referring to ourselves. Humans have something they call a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, she said. Our workers have harvested it before. When I am allowed to consume it outside of the 21-day ritual, when it is not ground to a pace and fed to me through the silk tube, I cannot help but smile. It is my favorite. Why are you telling us this? Ignoring the question, she continued, They make it by taking two slices of bread and then using a knife. They spread jelly on one side and peanut butter on the other. They join the two halves, one rich with red jelly, the other brown and smooth, like the shell of a seed. The best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are made by mothers. Human mothers love their children, and so they put some of that love into the sandwich. A sandwich made by a mother has peanut butter spread all the way to the edges. If you open the sandwich, you notice that the peanut butter has its own language. If the ridges made by the knife are all perfectly aligned, all pointing the same direction, it means... I love you. Sometimes the ridges are jagged. They end abruptly or are cut off by ridges going in a different direction. It means you are not my child or there wasn't enough time or it's been a rough week. Her eyes refocused on us. You, HK752, or whoever you are, must be the loving mother. You must spread within our colony a mind that questions. But do so carefully, do so with love, or we will not listen, and we will not question. How can I do this? The queen weakly moved her arms to the locked chest next to her throne. It was the chest that was rumored to contain the royal punishments those deadly parasites that were said to cause vines to burst from one's brain. But what the queen removed from the chest was not a parasite. It was a rack of tiny transparent vials, each one containing a milky orange liquid, save one, which was empty. The queen spoke, You must find a way to trick us into consuming this substance. What does it do, we asked. It is an elixir of my own making. It will give those who drink it a chance. When it enters the bloodstream, it will suddenly force its host to finally value something even more than loyalty. Those who drink it will question, and then they will choose. What could possibly make us value something more than loyalty to our colony and our queen? Birthday cake, she said.
Thank you for listening to Story Tadpole. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Be well. Eat a bowl of ice cream. Unless you're allergic to dairy, then go get some of that uh, coconut milk or almond milk stuff. I hear it's pretty good. Bye for now.